Before we get into today's episode, we want to tell you about the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. This podcast will get you ready for the NFL draft as Mina is joined by her friends each episode to talk about the latest NFL storylines. That's the Mina Kimes show featuring her dog, Lenny. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Emily Kaplan, Linda Cohn, welcome back to the In the Crease podcast. I'm coming to you live from the Raleigh Durham Airport. So, in case you hear some airport announcements, welcome to Ambient Sounds. It's playoff season. I'm literally in the stretch, Linda, of a five cities, seven days, three shoots two games. Today, we did a shoot with Sebastian Ajo. He gave us a tour of his home, including his Finnish sauna that he had to have installed because the Finns are so obsessed with saunas. So that was my highlight today. Linda, you last night worked at Kings-Ducks game. What's been your highlight of the week? Wait, you, you had me at Finnish sauna. I mean, that is, what is the difference between a Finnish sauna and the kind that you can get here in the States? Absolutely nothing except for the fact that Finns appreciate him more. Because, <laughs> like, when Sebastian signed his contract after that offer sheet and bought a house in Raleigh, the number one criteria for him is where can I build a sauna? Um, because the Finns are obsessed with saunas. It's part of their culture. They just sweat it out. It makes them feel better. It's where they socialize. It helps them sleep better. And so he built a sauna. He showed me, and it's it's a tiny little place. He told me that they have five guys in there. Once you see this, when the piece comes out, you're going to wonder how, why, who signs up for this. But the one little thing was that there was like <laughs> these little gnomes in it. I was like, Sebastian, what are those? He's like, sauna elves. What? <laughs> so it was pretty fun. And it was nice just to see him show a little bit of personality and show us a little bit of who he was. Yeah, he's, uh, first of all, that's very cool. I can't wait to see that, Emily. Uh, it's awesome. And, and oh, by the way, what is your secret to keeping up your energy during this amazing stretch? Because that's your schedule sounded like an NHL player's schedule this year. Yeah. You know, the only difference, Linda, I don't get to go on the team charter. <laughs> yes, that is the only difference. I knew that answer. So you mentioned, um, yeah. So what uh, Tuesday night, um, game on ESPN between mm-hmm. the benches, big game, big two points, won by the Kings over their rivals, the Ducks. A lot of stuff I can get into. Of course, you know, friend of the program, Ryan Getzloff, we had him on. Uh, you know, I got to talk to him again before the game. I was with Steve uh, Levy and Barry Melrose, so they wanted to talk to And Getz, he couldn't have been just, again, his big day coming up April 24th, last home game. That's it. Then he's going to call it quits there call it a retirement. The Ducks have a few surprises for him. And, and as we've talked to him, he, he loves surprises. I mean, not quite, you know, uh, he's just so <laughs> chill, but um, really. Looking Wait, can I just that. ask though, like, what was it like watching him knowing like, this is one of the last times he'll ever play in an NHL game. I asked game. him that. I asked him that in between periods, you know, he's so focused with, you know, how, you know, from doing these in-game interviews, right. You get a different personality, obviously. And I get it before a game or after a game. But when you're doing it in-game, in between periods, it's like short answers, no big deal. It's like, who is this person? Is this the Getsy I know? Because I I go, how does it feel like this is your second to last home game, you know, before the big day? And he's like, 
oh yeah, you know, I try not to think about it. I'm just trying to, you know, win a game and blah, blah, blah. But you're obviously thinking about it. Like, what was it like for you watching him knowing that? Oh, nice. Oh, you don't care about him. You care about me. I like that, Emily. So here's the thing. I, I always appreciate it. And I am in the moment and I, and, you know, I love the, this guy could keep on playing, Emily, the more I see him. You know, and, and he reiterated, and I think this is important, he would have called it quits last year. Like, he really, it, that year last year, he didn't enjoy it at all. He, he kind of talked about that a little bit with our podcast, but he kind of went up, made that bigger picture uh, with us yesterday. He really was prepared to just call it quits last year, decided to come back for one more year, um, wouldn't even think about staying another year. Mine made up, nothing could keep him another year but excited for the future. So um, I asked Troy Terry before the game yesterday, one of my favorite players in the National Hockey League. Uh, and I said, listen, I, I think you should be in the conversation for possible torch passing captain for the Anaheim Ducks. And, and he was flattered. And he said, yeah, he goes, no, I, I, they would think it would be so great. It would be awesome. But he says, honestly, Linda, he said, I think next year we should have captain by committee. He said, no, not person, another Rangers. Yes. Pulling a Rangers, but seriously, Troy, it worked the, for the Rangers. Yeah, it did. So don't knock it. But seriously, Troy's reasoning was not one player or person can replace what Ryan Getzloff has meant to this team, community, organization, teammates. And they actually, Troy was telling me, they actually say, when there's something, a dilemma that comes up where maybe Getsy's not in the room, what would Getsy do? That's what they say. What would Getsy do? But, you know, you think my, my picks probably for Captain there, they're, they're pro if they don't go by committee, I could see it being Cam Fowler or Kevin Shattenkirk. Those two mm -hmm. are instant leaders as well. The one thing I heard about him, biggest foodie in the NHL loves to find the best restaurants on the road. That's my captain. That's the guy I want captaining my team. That's right. We would go to war for him. I'm going to mention yes. that next time I see him. He would him. pick the best restaurants for us. That's yeah. what I'll go to war for. Um, may I continue to speak about two amazing Los Angeles Kings, young defensemen that I got to talk with um, during practice. My new favorite player, he probably knows it because I couldn't stop smiling was 23-year-old Sean Dursey. Mm, he's so fun to watch. Full of, per such a big personality. He reminds me of the personality. I mean, nobody can have the personality of Trevor Zegras, but he is close to that. He has this big personality. He's always positive. And, you know, I might have to pitch to do a story on him because he was telling me a lot of cool stuff, like the art of blocking a shot. And he told me he lived out a lifelong dream earlier this year. Do you know what that is, Emily? Literally zero idea. Okay. The lifelong dream for Sean Dursey, 23-year-old defenseman for the LA Kings, who helped save the day without Drew Doughty in the lineup for most of the year, was that he got to block a shot by Alex Ovechkin on the power play. What a sicko. <laughs> that was a dream of his come true. And I said, how did that go? And Sean told me, honestly, it was very painful. And he got me in a part that wasn't really protected well. And it was so painful. 
I had to make believe like I was cool. But after I checked out the video of it, you see me wincing and limping. I go, how long were you out on the ice after blocking that shot? He goes, would you believe another minute and a half? I couldn't get to the bench. And so that, he says he would do it a hundred times over, Emily. He would do it a hundred times over. Okay, that's, I love that. What's a more hockey guy answer? That, and I said that, you know, in the piece of Sebastian Ajo that it brought out his personality to did. But the truth is, his personality is a very serious kid, a very blunt. Um, Finnish culture is just so different than U.S. culture. Just like a little side tangent, he was saying. In the U.S., people small talk. Like, we don't do that back home. Everyone goes, oh, how are you doing? At home, when we ask, how are you? It's because we want to know, how are you? Like, we actually want to know. Here, they don't care. What a concept. Anyway, so he's so interesting. What's more of a hockey guy answer? Sean Dursey saying, it was my dream come true to block an Alex Ovechkin shot and stay on the ice for another minute and 30 seconds in pain. <laughs> or when I asked Sebastian Ajo about all the guys skilling it up and doing the Michigan, including his own teammate, Andre Tepsnikov, and I say, if you could pull off any move in a game, what would it be? You know what his answer is? What? Game-winning goal. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I call it a tie. Well, it's interesting you said that because Sean Dursey mentioned blocking a shot by anybody and hearing your teammates saying, that a boy, you know, knowing your teammates know you'll do anything to win is almost as good as scoring a goal. Love that. And, you know, he told me that more than once. And one more thing about my new favorite player, Sean Dursey. This is, you can take this at little, it's like a piece of advice. It's like you should put it on a T-shirt or post it on your little Instagram story, because we all find things to inspire us, right? And things at the beginning didn't go well for Sean. He wasn't the first defenseman or second defenseman called up after the Dowdy injury. He had to wait his turn hanging out in Ontario. But then once he was up, he was up to stay. But he said to himself, he goes, instead of I'm going to prove people wrong, he turned it into I'm going to prove to the people who supported me right Mm. don't you love it this is so your type of player because if i know anything about you you're always trying to find the positives and you literally shut out the haters you shut out the white noise and you just look for that bright light and so i understand why he is now your favorite player but i honestly yes. think any loyal listener of this podcast needs to create a list of linda's favorite players <laughs> it's growing by the day i think it's like up to 350 we're up to like half the league right now Oh my God, you've been counting. You've been counting, Emily. You're Rough absolutely count. right. Rough count. Rough count. Yes. Since, you know, I can go on forever. I'll wait till the next episode to bring up my next favorite player. How about that? Okay. Well, after this interview, I think the list is going to be at 351 because we are so excited to bring this kid on. He is going to be one of the new faces of the Buffalo Sabres because he is the number one pick of last year's draft. Super talented player. We're really excited to bring out some of his personality and talk about those trendy glasses that he keeps wearing. And of course, it's Owen Power. We are so pumped up and excited to bring in one of the new young stars of the National Hockey League. He's just getting his feet wet, but he's here to stay. He is Buffalo Sabres defenseman, Owen Power. I was going to say something clever about the University of Michigan because you're so not far removed from being a Wolverine but I couldn't think of something clever, Owen. Do you still feel like, uh, is this really happening? Uh, I'm in the NHL, but you know, just a few weeks ago, I was with Michigan playing in the Frozen Four. Uh, tell me your process and how it's gone so far when you made that jump. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a, a real quick jump. Um, still kind of doesn't feel, doesn't feel real. So, um, but I, I think it's been, been good so far. Um, it's obviously my dream to, to play in the NHL. So to be able to, to be here and, and finish up the season here, I think it's pretty special. And, um, so I think that, that'll be good for me to kind of get my feet wet and, um, get some games and going and going into next year. Oh, and you're obviously such a gifted player and you have such a bright future, but I feel like every rookie, no matter what, has to have a welcome to the NHL moment. So you've had a couple games so far. Have you had that moment yet where you're like, wow, I'm in the big league now? <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's definitely been a few. Um, but I think you, I kind of got it my, my first game. I was in Toronto playing against um, guys like Matthews and Marner. So, um I know Matthew's got me with a couple, um, his little drag shots. He didn't score off some, but um, you know it's coming. You just can't really stop it. So I would say that's probably uh, one of the biggest ones. What about from your teammates? Uh, anything that they, how they welcomed you? Anything that you will remember for a lifetime? Uh, yeah, I think just how, how good they've been uh, and made me feel comfortable. Um, I think there's anytime people are doing something, they, they invite me to 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 go out with them and um do whatever whether it's a dinner or just um just a off day activity or whatever so um they've been awesome for me just feeling a part and then also i think with my play um just kind of telling me to go out there go out there and have fun and, and play my game which i think has been a huge help to me to kind of um, get adjust, adjusted quicker. You joined the Sabres at such an exciting time because I feel like there's so much momentum right now that this team has been building for a few weeks before you arrived. And all we keep hearing is that there's just really good vibes around Buffalo in that locker room. So I was just wondering if you could take us inside. Like, what does the locker room feel like these days? You're on your road trip right now. Like, what's the team playing like? Like, what are, what are, what's the vibe? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good group of guys that um, all love being in Buffalo. So, um, I think it's pretty fun to, to go to the rink every day with um, with the group we have and um, just excited for, for the future. All right. Now let's, you know, let's let's cut to the chase because this is the answer everyone wants to know. Your fashion statement with the specs, the glasses, of course, I'm biased. I love them. You made no secret. This is a welcome to Buffalo moment. You were wearing the great uh, glasses. It's the only pair of glasses you have. I love them. But tell me about uh, your your decision here to go with the glasses. Um, yeah, I think just um, obviously my eyes are, are not great and I need to wear them. And um, yep. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of wearing contacts um, while I'm not not playing any sports. So um, I think I kind of wear these just as, as much as possible. I find them more comfortable. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say it's too much of a fashion statement, just more more comfort. You know, Owen, I've talked uh, about this before, mentioned it to Emily as well. I just thought it was so great, your decision to go back to school this past season and have not only having a chance to win a championship with Michigan, but Jeff, having that experience, right, of being on campus, considering all that COVID yuckiness uh, that caused you to miss out on uh, all of that quality time. And I thought it was such a smart decision you made. Uh, looking back on that decision, can you um, share with us why that was important to you and, and you got the results you wanted? I know you didn't win a championship, but just being a college kid, so to speak, and enjoying that. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was um, – there's a lot of different things that went into it, but I think 
probably the biggest thing was um, just being able to get a true kind of college experience. I mean, uh, my first year I was there, we were pretty much the only people on campus and um, class were all online. So um, this year to kind of go back and and have it pretty much fully normal, I think was 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 good for me. And then um, obviously just the the development part as well, hockey wise, um, I think has has been awesome as well. Oh, and thank you so much for joining us. We're so looking forward to finish up watching your career. Uh, we're excited for the Sabres next season and the end of this season. And I also just want to say, not only your first overall pick, but you're the first player to ever come on our podcast and have their middle name in their Zoom name. So now we all oh. have Owen <laughs> Douglas Power. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We thank you so much, Owen, for your time. And good luck and enjoy the rest of the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our thanks to Owen Power for coming on, Linda. Honestly, the Sabres are going to be an interesting team next year. I think them and the Detroit Red Wings are the two teams poised to take the biggest step forward. And of course, this kid's a big part of it. So I was so happy to have him on. What are your thoughts on him and his career and the Sabres right now? I, I, I love this kid. I was fortunate, you know, the night, uh, obviously you were very busy that night. You were in Columbus. I'll always remember the draft. And um, I got to interview Owen Power on SportsCenter that night. And he was just really amazing. And you know what? I was really proud of him. I guess the mother in me was coming out, Emily. And the fact that he made a decision to go back to school for that, for this past year, right? To go back to Michigan, a chance to win a championship. And it was such a great decision because, as you know, there was such adversity with college kids with COVID. And it was his closest opportunity to having being a normal college kid and living on campus. I love that. And you feel for him by the way it ended, but you also feel like for his hockey career is the best thing because it was such a challenging start in Buffalo. And all of a sudden he joins the team when they're clicking again, they've got confidence and now they have momentum for next season. So for his development, it was the best decision. And honestly, for his social life, it was probably pretty good too. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of someone who has a busy social life or is just so love that transition. There it is. Our great friend and amazing colleague and so good at what he does. ESPN's John Butcher Gross. I did. I mention he's a pretty good golfer as well. Um, and Emily, you know, this, uh, he gives of his time and he's giving of his time now. And he is center stage for us for our five minute major segment. Minute major. I was given a homework assignment. When you come on our podcast, it's not easy. You don't just get a laugh and giggle. We give you homework. We, we tell you what to do. We put a stopwatch on you. So you only get five minutes. You can't go rambling on like we get to. So here we go. The question we gave you, and you did your homework, I hear, which I'm proud of you. What are the five storylines you were most looking forward to in the playoffs? What are the five storylines fans like? If they want to latch onto these playoffs, they, they got to know. Okay. Well, there's more than five, but I'll give you my five. One, are Colorado and Florida for real? Individual players having awesome seasons, really kind of defining their careers. Someone like Barkoff, who's got a Hall of Fame trajectory, McCarr. But really, I think Nathan McKinnon is the most theatrical player in this postseason. He tries so hard. He's a tortured soul. He's that tortured talent who's yet to win. It's written all over his face. He cares so much. And to me, following that path of his emotions is fascinating to me. Number two, can the Toronto Maple Leafs go deep? 
Kyle Dubas brought in the face of analytics. Why they why they signed John Tavares didn't that didn't that uh, hurt them from building up their defense and goaltending? But maybe Tavares comes back and has an awesome postseason and wins the Conn Smythe. Who knows? They're a fascinating watch as always. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Number three, Mark Andre Fleury and the Minnesota Wild. For so long, the Wild were this boring, banal team had no juice, no excitement. Suddenly, they get Kaprizov. Uh, you know, then they add even someone like Felino and Delorier, and now Marc Andre Fleury. So much personality and pizzazz. Fleury's last two cups, he was kind of a passenger in Pittsburgh. How it worked out? Can he get one more cup on his own, like he did with the first one with the Penguins, and really cement himself as an all-time great in net? Play another year or two, pass Patrick Waugh, and be number two to Martin Brodeur on the all-time win list. How far can Connor McDavid carry Edmonton? Number four. Could get a break with an easy first-round playoff series. If Edmonton or if L.A. kind of hangs on, that could be a 2-3 matchup. That's an easy one for Edmonton to, to advance and get Connor another playoff series. Baseball with Mike Trout, we never see him in the postseason. We haven't seen Jack Eichel in the postseason yet. Connor, again, minimal games. Let's get him for a few months here. Let's let our ESPN viewers see Connor McDavid in the postseason. And again, number five, you can go a number of ways. But for me, are the Washington Capitals a sneaky team in the weeds? I got a weird good feeling about the Washington Capitals for some reason. I know they don't have a goaltender, uh, but there's just something about that team that I like. And with the East being really, you know, possibly being wide open because of Florida's unproven, you know, postseason formula. Can you beat the same team four, five, six, seven games in a row? Will they start to figure you out, make it harder to score goals, make it a defensive game and rely on goaltending? So that's the fascinating part about this high-scoring, record-breaking, everybody's got a career year, NHL season. Yeah. Every, every, every time I do a highlight, career year, career year. you got a career year. you got a career year. Everyone's <laughs> got a career year. Exactly. Uh, but come postseason, will it be like normal? It's harder to score because you're playing the same team night after night after night, each playoff series, and it's easier to figure a team out, and the scoring tends to drop. So those are Bucci Main's top five playoff storylines. I love it. I love that so much. There's so many things I want to jump on there. Um, Let's go. Okay. All right. Um, Capitals, I'm with you. I know they don't have one great goalie, but both of them, especially Samsonov, has got his game together. And you don't have to be great anymore to win a Stanley no. Cup. Okay, so that's that. And I also think Carolina's vulnerable. So if you would say, hey, Linda, or Elko, or Coney, or whatever you call me <laughs> lately – would you put money on the Washington Capitals if their first round matchup is the Carolina Hurricanes? And I'd say, Butchie, yes, I would. Give yes. me the odds because well, I'm you the, with you there. The queen. The queen. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, as would I. But no, I agree. I, I think for you know, Rod, you know, I, I believe they're also a little bit vulnerable, especially if Freddie Anderson's injured. Then they're then they're really vulnerable. And that's a tough break. Yeah. But there's you know, John Carlson, again, sneaky all around, really good game this year. Um, you know, it, it, Lars Eller and TJ Oshie, such a gamer. Obviously, Ovi can bring it. If the power play is sizzling, that's what they need. Tom Wilson, amazing. Hathaway, those are perfect clog the middle type of players who play heavy, play big. Lars Eller, who's nets off. They got all this experience, Backstrom, and they're a team that gives Florida trouble. So, like you said, if they get by their first game, then match up against the Panthers, the Panthers have had some problems with them. Again, Wilson. Hathaway, Ovi will ratchet up the, the physical game in the postseason. Suddenly, they're kind of a tough team to play. They're an experienced coach who's won. 
And so, and then if some of those younger guys uh, can kind of, you know, pick up and support, I don't know why I got a good feeling. Again, they could get swept as well. That's how this thing works. We know that. And again, you could talk about the Rangers there because they're a team that suddenly has a, a kind of an intimidation factor with the goaltender. And uh, so, like I say, a lot of places you go on number five, but something about the Capitals, I don't know why, in the gut tells me they're, they could be a sneaky Eastern Conference team. It's like you've done live TV before because you've literally wrapped this up as our five minutes. And honestly, one of the things you said was one of the favorite things I've heard all year. Nathan McKinnon is one of the most theatrical players in the playoffs. That was a beautiful sentence. I'll be thinking about that for the rest of my week. <laughs> two queens! Two pair of queens! I'm just a princess, let's be honest, but I'm trying to get there. <laughs> I'm a teacher's pet. You give me an assignment, I'll do my homework. Next time, next time I'll bring two apples. Boom, boom. And he did it in between tanning sessions. What a legend. <laughs> Sunset in Naples, Florida, the most beautiful place on earth. After Disney World. You're the best, Pooch. Thanks for remembering. Thanks for remembering. Oh, man. Poochie's the best. I'm so glad he did that. He really always comes prepared. Thank you guys for listening so much to another episode of the In the Creek podcast. Linda and I will be all over your networks for the next couple days. And then you can check us out back here next week.